While Sammy Walker was lighting it up at the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, the Minnesota Wild made a depth signing. We'll talk about what Jujar Kara brings to the Minnesota Wilds. Plus, are the Wilds going to even be able to afford to have him up with the big club all season? We'll discuss that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the course of the week. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild features Alex Micheletti as we will discuss the Jujar Kara signing to a two-way contract, what he could potentially bring, and what it means for the regulars in the Minnesota Wild lineup. Interesting notes from uh, Michael Russo and Dean Evison's conversation that we will discuss. Press the prospect showcase. We'll see who lit it up and uh, who had uh, other good performances throughout uh, the weekend. And potential lineup tweaks for the Wilds. Uh, they're at least being floated. So we'll uh, discuss whether or not they're actually uh, legit um, on today's episode as well. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Joining us uh, on a midday Micheletti Tuesday is Alex Micheletti. And we were hoping to do this last night, but I'm not going to put the hotel that I was at on blast. It's basically dial-up internet, as I'm sure everybody saw in uh, last night's Philip Gustafson season preview episode, which usually takes about five minutes to upload um, the audio version. It took two hours and 45 minutes uh, for that to upload. So I was really sweating that last night and the video portion was not great. And so my apologies there, but again, didn't think that that would be an issue coming back uh, into Minnesota, but nonetheless, we're here and uh, we're talking about uh, plenty here with Alex today. Alex, the first big one is while the Tom Curvers prospect showcase was going on, the wild made a signing. They uh, ended up signing of uh, the Chicago Blackhawks last year, Jujar Kara, to a one-year, two-way contract uh, worth seven hundred seventy-five thousand uh, or three hundred thousand if he spends most of the season at the AHL level. He's twenty-nine years old and registered fourteen points, six goals, eight assists, and thirty-one penalty minutes in fifty-one games with Chicago last season. The big thing of note here for Kara. Six foot four, 212 pounds. And so kind of a fringe depth guy. But uh, I found it interesting in Michael Russo's discussion with Dean Evison. It sounds like somebody is a little banged up uh, and will be at least through the preseason and training camp. So kind of a depth body here to start the season to potentially help if anybody misses time. Um with getting somebody that's six foot four, that really narrows down who it could possibly be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big time. Uh, you know, and 
Uh, this is a player that, uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's been in the league for, for a bit. Um, and so it's nice to have someone that actually has NHL playing experience, um, you know, and adding size to this group that, you know, tends to be on the smaller side. Uh, you know, that's a win. Um, I remember him all the way back in his college, you know, he, uh, played for Michigan tech for a season and then, uh, and then went to junior and I was at Mankato at the time working for, uh, Minnesota state. And so I remember him, uh, when he was at Michigan tech, um, and, you know, it's, it's a really interesting, uh, you know, journey for some of these players, you know, they have to change their style to, to make it into the NHL, you know, going to the next level, you know, you know, so, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're growing up and you're in that junior level or college level, you're a top line guy, but to make it into the NHL, um, you have to become a grinder, uh, you know, fight, be on the fourth line, uh, be on the penalty kill, win face-offs. And so that's kind of what he's, you know, had to do to, you know, survive and, and stay in the, in the best league in the world. And so, um, you know, it's not a, you know, it's a, it's a good gamble on, on, on a guy um, that's still uh, relatively young at 29. That's not, I don't think archaic, um, even though the league continues to get younger, but, you know, like I said, it's nice to have a guy, uh, you know, with NHL experience uh, in case, you know, you know, of of an injury or, you know, um, guys are banged up uh, that they can, you know, put in and, you know, hopefully he can be at least be a 13th forward uh, in, uh, you know, stay in the press box if, if needed, but uh, uh, nice to have that insurance. Some interesting quotes. Michael Russo talked to Dean Evison for a lengthy sit down. That was two parts on the athletic. Um, for those that have the athletic encourage you to read that some good insight as to some things that uh, we could potentially see this year, which we'll talk about at the end of the show today. But I found these quotes in regards to the health of the team. Very interesting. This from Dean Evison answering Michael Russo's questions, the first of which is everybody healthy coming into camp who was hurt in the playoffs. And Dean says, yeah, pretty much everybody is. There's a couple of bumps that we might not see at the start of the training camp, but I don't want to skate them at this time because if it doesn't transpire, then I don't want to leak that somebody's been a little bit banged up. And so Russo responds with, but nobody has a serious injury that will keep them out for a while. And Evanson says, no, Everybody, as far as the surgeries or the recoveries like Erickson Eck and Kaprizov are fully good to go. So there might be a couple of guys that maybe don't make it for the first couple of days. We have three days of practice in our first game when camp opens Thursday. You'll see the guy that I'm speaking of. And Russo adds at the end of the piece, I get the impression that one forward who is hurt at the end of 2022-2023 has a different injury heading into camp, and that's part of why the Wild signed Kara to a two-way contract. Uh, he's a big body, a center, isn't afraid to fight, and is a good penalty killer. It's helpful to also have another 775,000 league minimum guy for call-ups. At the start, Kara, Letary, Nick Patan, Nick Sweeney, and Stephen Fogarty have much better chances of being recalled than Adam Beckman and Sammy Walker, who make in the high 800K as opposed to 700. So, I, I love I love the schadenfreude that we see with NHL coaches to where there just is no revealing a- anything. You can kind of narrow it down, but there's no revealing of anything that could be 
you know, potentially detrimental or could be any sort of an advantage for early season opponents. This is 100% being done for Florida for the start of the season. And I just, it just made me chuckle that it's like, yeah, we got some guys who might be a little banged up, but you'll just have to wait, I guess, and see um, once things start uh, ramping up at training camp. Yeah, it's uh, Dean being Dean, you know, <laughs> he's always, uh, always keeps things interesting for, for speculation. That's, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting training camp, uh, still trying to figure out Addison too and uh, getting him signed. And so, uh, you know, it, it's interesting they have, uh, you know, Addison's been around the team, same thing with Mason Shaw and the team is kind of just letting them be around the team, even though they're not signed, which in this day and age isn't really normal, but, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, just, you know, what the organization is, is doing. And so interesting on that part. And then, yeah, this is a wild lineup that, um, you, you only have a couple guys that are really, you know, you know, that are set in that same line, but you have guys that could bounce all over the place. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be very interesting, uh, Chris O'Hearn is definitely earning his paycheck with trying to calculate with the cap and it's going to be like that. They're going to be counting dollars all season. Um, and then just praying that there isn't an injury like er- Eric's neck where a guy is out, uh, not just for one game, but multiple games, because then you have to count every single day, a guy going up and down, you're paying him at his NHL salary. No, you're paying him at his AHL salary. Um, yeah, that, (laughs) that can't be easy. And then, uh, you know, if, if they're on a road trip, flying the guy out there, you know, logistically trying to make it work, um, so that they can get to a game. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, uh, you know, plane trains, automobiles type moments, uh, uh, this season for, for the wild, for sure. As long as nobody has to ride with uh, John Candy and his polka band, uh, <laughs> yes. as was the case in uh, Home Alone. Um, as long as nobody has to do that around uh, various portions of the country, I, I think we'll be fine. But uh, boy, oh boy, just hire a full-time accountant to, exactly. uh, to keep up with all that because it's making my head hurt. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the things that Dean Evison had to say with Michael Russo, uh, some interesting things regarding the lineup uh, that we'll discuss as well. But uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. There will be a full breakdown of uh, everything that happened at the Prospect Showcase coming later this week, uh, just kind of getting organized after uh, being out of state all weekend. So be on the lookout for that coming up later this week. But uh, we will continue today's episode of Locked on Wild, talking a little bit about the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase after this. Get started with NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And unfortunately for the Minnesota Vikings, there has been much more losing than winning. But hey, at least Justin Jefferson is hitting all of his props. Kirk Cousins has been off to a good start as well. So even though the Vikings haven't hit their wins yet, plenty of Vikings players are winning through FanDuel. Make sure that you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. 
for the everydayers. Make sure you tune in tomorrow as we will take a look at Marc-Andre Fleury's 2023-2024 season expectations. Uh, we'll take a look at what the Wild need from him and uh, what we can expect statistically from the flower as well as he's on milestone watch this season. We'll discuss a little bit of that as well. For today, Alex Micheletti joining us, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. Plenty of wild prospects on display, and uh, especially in the case of the final game of the showcase, Sammy Walker with a hat trick to lead the Minnesota Wild, but there were plenty of other players that uh, chipped in as well. Get a load of this for stats. Sammy Walker had three goals and an assist for four points. Maxime Kakovich had one goal and an assist. Casey Dornbach had a goal and an assist. Luis Boudon and Rasmus Kumpelainen scored. And Harrison Mengen and Chase Coward made 31 saves to lead the Wild to a 7-4 win versus Chicago. In the final game of the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, Kyle Masters had three assists. Hunter Height had two assists uh, in the game for uh, the Wild against uh, St. Louis. Against Chicago, excuse me. So, Sammy Walker again showing that he has uh, he has what it takes to play at the NHL level. So now for him, just kind of waiting for the opportunity to do so. Yeah, he's he's kind of stuck like uh, Adam Beckman there, who's been waiting a couple years. Um, you know, with Sammy, um, you know, he kind of mentioned it too when they talked about it. Um, you know that um, why uh, why Sammy was playing so well is that he was um, you know older than uh, a couple of you know or a lot of the guys that were in this prospect tourney, and so um, you know he thought he could be a leader and uh, you know really dominate. And uh, the first game against the Blues you know, the puck, he said he was frustrated that the puck wasn't going in. And so then he took it out on the Blackhawks and, uh, and, and got that hat trick. And I think he had five shots on goal too. So, you know, he was, you know, he really wanted to prove a point, uh, you know, that, you know, he could dominate, um, you know, like, like he thought he would. And so, yeah, it was impressive, impressive to see him do that. Uh, especially after Bedard got at all the, you know, the noise the night before getting a hat trick, um, against the, against the blues watching him was, was incredible. Um, so it was, it was nice, uh, for the wild, you know, and, and Sammy Walker to get that praise the, the next, next day against the, against the Blackhawks without, uh, uh, Connor Bedard. So, uh, yeah, and nice to, nice, you know, that Maxime kid is the guy that they got in the trade uh, for Pat Maroon, too. So nice to see him, uh, you know, you know, show his skill as well. But, uh, yeah, you just got a bunch of guys that are <laughs> on the brink of being in the NHL. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's tough to, to, to make that team, especially with with the major cap constraints uh, that they still have. So you kind of feel for some of these guys, but... Um, you know, Sammy's still very young, um, what, 23? So, yeah, or so, um, you know, he's still, um, still got a long ways in his, in his hockey, uh, career here. So, you know, if he has to abide his time, it's, you know, I, I think he, he understands it too, but, uh, he still wants to prove that, you know, he's ready to go if, if called upon. Well, the interesting thing that I thought was Bill Guerin's comments to, to his prospects, uh, within the wild system is like, yeah, it's cool that Connor Bedard is coming here, but he's just another he's just another hockey player. Like mm-hmm. there's there's no need to 
for those guys pedestalize him and kind of get intimidated with him being on the ice, just go out and do your thing. And it's, it's a great message because I'm sure there were plenty of players out there that were like, Oh my God, it's Connor Bedard. What do I do? And so he's just trying to kind of say, Hey, just treat it like another game. And uh, he's going to do his thing. You just go do yours and uh, let things fall where they may. Yeah. You, you have to have that mentality because once, uh, once you're uh, you know on the NHL roster and you're you're playing in the league, you're going to go up against uh, Connor McDavid, uh, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, you know you know Bedard's not the only one. You know so um, you can't get starstruck. Um, you know you just have to to play your game. And you know even though you're going up against you know some of the best in the world, um, you just have to um, play to your best ability and not try to be out of body um, and. Um, you know, you see the results uh, for Sammy Walker. You're getting the hat trick um, uh, the the next next game that he was in. So, um, yeah, you just have to to prove it. Um, you know, when the lights are on, you know these are um, kind of you know exhibition preseason type uh, of a feel. But uh, um, you know, when when it comes to uh, the regular season, you you got you got to show it, or else uh, um, you'll be sent down you know, back uh, to the AHL or junior team. So yeah, very, very interesting. And as mentioned, we'll, we'll get a little further dive into the prospect showcase coming up later this week, but just wanted to, just wanted to give you the cliff notes version of what we saw. Jesper Valstead also had some, uh, some great saves uh, for his portion of, uh, of time on ice. And uh, again, just a, a great showing by the Minnesota wild getting uh, prospects from not only them, but Chicago and St. Louis all into one place uh, for the prospect showcase. So good work there. Now we're going to finish with some interesting comments in regards to what the lineup could look like this season. Um, Some things that I think a lot of us are excited to hear. And so we'll discuss that and look at uh, whether or not there's a possibility that we actually see some of these tweaks Uh, We'll talk about that as we finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Whether it be storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, or supply chain issues, we need to be prepared now more than ever. And one place that can help you get peace of mind when disaster strikes is Jace Medical. All you have to do is go online, fill out a form, and then you get prescription life-saving medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. Again, you can save more than $360 on these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Seth Topal and Alex Micheletti hanging out here on a Tuesday edition of McLeddy Monday. Alex, some tweaks could potentially be in the works for the Minnesota Wild lineup. Uh, Again, from Michael Russo's 
sit down with Dean Evason. Um, let's talk a little bit uh, about what we could see, not only on offense, but also on defense. Russo asking, uh, first off, on the Brock Faber front, assuming that Faber will slot into Dumba's spot in the lineup next to Jonas Brodeen, at least to start camp. We saw him play great in his eight-game look last season, but he was more of a third-pair defenseman. Brodeen, we know, gets all the big matchups against the McKinnons, McDavid's, probably Alexander Barkov and or Matthew Kachuk opening night, Austin Matthews in the second game. Are you confident that Faber's not going to be overwhelmed by that? And if for some reason he is, would you ever try Jared Spurgeon with Jonas Brodeen? Dean Evison responds, 100% on everything that you just said. We are confident, but if there's a situation where we feel that maybe he is overwhelmed because of his first year, we don't think that's going to happen, but if he is, it's an easy flip for us to him and Jake Middleton or even Johnny Merrill or Alex Goligoski and Addison. We've got seven guys in those guys that we think can all play in the National Hockey League, obviously. But to your point, yes, we have no issues, especially at home, if we needed a pair to look after a special group like the McKinnon group. We would feel, and we've talked about it already, very comfortable putting Brodeen and Spurgeon together. What do you think about that? Yeah, more more gamesmanship by Dean, maybe. I, uh, we'll we'll see if he would actually do that. That you know to load up on on that that would be you know very very interesting. Um, I I think it could work, um, but you know then. I mean, you're putting your two best defensemen on, then there could be shakier pairings with, with the wild. Yeah. I mean, some teams can do it. I don't know if the wild can, can necessarily do that. Maybe they could do that for a couple shifts of the game, but uh, um, you're putting a lot of, you're putting a lot of faith in the Brock Faber right now. You know, I, I think he can do it. You know, uh, you know, he has a pedigree. He's done it through every level. Um, so we saw him against, you know, Dallas in the playoffs and, you know, he, uh, made a game saving play on in one of the games. So, um, you know, I, I think he can do it, but, uh, yeah, I could definitely see some flexibility. Um, you know, I think the only changes that they would truly make is, you know, moving favor to third pairing and then having, um, you know, uh, uh Addison or, uh, Goligoski playing on the second uh, pairing, but, or, or Merrill, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you, want to break up Spurgeon and Middleton. I think they've just shown some fantastic uh, chemistry and you, you keep those two together for sure. Um, the other one before we uh, kind of wrap up here today is uh, what to do about Marco Rossi. Mm-hmm. Um, Russo asks, could you see him that being Rossi at times, at least in camp or to start the season moving up in the lineup? maybe into a top six role between Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello or Marcus Johansson and Matt Boldy, especially because Ryan Hartman can obviously play center or wing and Felino Hartman Goudreau would seem to be a terrific line, especially defensively. Here's what Everson responds with. Yes, I'd probably start with Jewel Eriksson to the top line. So maybe there's a position where Rossi, Jojo and Boldy can play together. Boldy and Marco have had a chemistry together. So, yeah, there's certainly some areas for us to tinker with, not only in camp, but in the preseason. We'll be watching the chemistry very, very closely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think 
That's that's the only way that Marco's gonna you know have success is by playing yeah. in a top six role, because I don't know you know it's gonna be frustrating for him too if he's not scoring you know in a in in the third third line um, and uh, you know playing with a guy like Felino and Goudreau. I I just I don't I don't see the fit, but you know. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and it might put Marco in the in the doghouse right away. Um, and so then, of course, those other guys that are want a spot like a Sammy Walker or Adam Beckman or Vinny Letary, you know, they're they're hoping that that you know, s- selfishly they're hoping that it you know doesn't work for Marco just so that they get a chance. But um, you know, I I think. I, what really intrigues me is um, Eck playing with uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello, um, and then you know because I, I I think I think that line could have a ton of success, and then Hartman playing with a Goudreau and Felino just it makes so much more sense. Uh, you know that's Hartman's a grinder; he's more of a a bottom six guy than a top six guy. You know it's worked for this team, um, but um, just. Just the, with the way the way Ryan Harmon plays, it's it's better for him to to be in in the bottom six, I think. Um, and you hope Marco can can take off because then it, you know, the, the lineup looks so much, you know, uh, more cohesive uh, um, with him in the top six role. So we'll see. Um, you know what the article said that he put on fifteen pounds of muscle, so that I'm a, I'm intrigued to see that. Um, but you know, we also. We also saw last year in the in the preseason, Marco was what was the leading point scorer in the entire yeah. league. Um, so, um, in the end, preseason doesn't mean anything. You just gotta you have to show up when the lights turn on. Like, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the episode. So, um, but you know, hopefully he's given the chance to you know to have success. You know, be in a role where he can produce because in the bottom six, I don't think he can. Uh, you know, some, some players can in the bottom six, but with the players that, that he would be projected to play with, I, I just, I don't think yeah. they have the skill to, to help him, uh, you know, produce points. Um, and that, yeah, at the end of the day is a, is a big factor. Well, and, and two years ago, we did see before Ryan Hartman got paired with Eric, with, uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello, we did see Jewel Erickson Eck get a couple of opportunities up there as well. Mm-hmm. And if I recall correctly, that line destroyed the Winnipeg Jets in oh, one yeah. game in particular, the game where Erickson Eck had the hat trick and had the game winner in overtime. He had like four points. I think Kaprizov had five points in that game. It was just, it was a one man wrecking crew. And it makes sense for two guys that love to kind of play catch with each other in Kaprizov and Zuccarello, it makes all the sense in the world to have a guy right in front of the net so that when they pepper shots, he can collect rebounds, he can deflect them in, he can just body the goalie. Why and not? He, and, I mean, and he's the best defensive forward on the team, too, and yeah. uh, uh, can help create space. Um, and and Zuccarello and Kaprizov don't have to exude so much energy uh, defensively because they have Ak uh, just being the junkyard dog around everywhere up front, like you said, causing havoc. And what uh, what's so great about Ek too is he gets underneath guys' skin on the on the other team. He won't ever fight really, but he'll just be a pain in the butt. Um, that's what I love about him too is just. Um, he throws guys off uh, off their game, so that that you know that adds another uh, element to the line for sure. If he gets that opportunity, 
And as far as those comments from Dean Evison go, it's like when you as a parent give your kid the car to drive <laughs> to go to a party and they end up getting like in a fender bender or something. <laughs> and you ask them, you say, now, before you take the car out again, did you learn your lesson? And they're like, yeah, uh-huh, whatever. Just just give me the keys. And it's yet to be seen if they just go out and do it again. So <laughs> these comments are all well and good, but the big thing is going to be implementation and execution of said tweaks in the regular season as necessary. Yes, 100%. And they can't get off to this tough start like they did last season, nope. too. That just throws everything off. You know, it causes chaos. Um, you know, hopefully uh, with the way the goaltending ended, you know, that they can come into the regular season, uh, you know, on a strong note because it all starts from, from the back end. Uh, you know, they they just couldn't they couldn't keep the puck out of the net at the beginning of the of the year and so hopefully that um you know doesn't happen and they can get off to a great start and you know uh just like last year um they have some really strong opponents at the beginning to test them to that theory um you know you you have uh, like you mentioned uh, uh from the article uh kachuk and barkoff right away <laughs> that is yeah. that is tough i mean they're gonna be without a couple of their you know key defenseman in Brandon Montour and uh and Aaron Eckblad but uh you know that that team is still pretty pretty strong uh, uh up the middle um so yeah they're going to have to shut down those guys and then you know Austin Matthews probably the best goal scorer in in the league um so yeah it's uh it's not going to be easy but uh you know if they have, if they can have some you know good success right at the beginning that they can ride that momentum and you know this uh this central division is just going to be a, a dog fight throughout because yeah. yeah. I mean, you got teams like Nashville that got a lot better, um, especially up the middle, getting a guy like Ryan O'Reilly and um, Colorado, they just continue to add guys. What we, we were messaging back and forth, uh, you know, when they signed Thomas Sitar, you know, <laughs> you're like, what they he's going to, he's going to score 25 goals. And uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, a guy like Jonathan Druin, who looked like he was, you know, pretty much out of league. Um, they reun- reunite him with his junior teammate and Nathan McKinnon, and he's probably going to be on the first line and and score thirty. Um, you know, it's just he said this is what they do. So, um, you know, it just never ends like with a team like Colorado, and then and that's a team that the Wild are going to be fighting for for playoff positioning and you know, or playoff spot to begin with. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how the central division plays out, but that's for us to do to start to see in the next couple of weeks because hockey is on the way before you know it. That will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. So now that you have finished listening, make sure you subscribe, hit the notification button on YouTube so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Also follow us on your favorite podcast platforms so that you can stay tuned and up-to-date with all Minnesota Wild news and notes as we gear up for training camp, then the preseason, then the regular season, starting on October 12th. Locked on Wild has new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. See you tomorrow.